Welcome to Turner Syndrome Talking Tea with Emily Seymour. So we have Sarah talking to us about her experience of Turner's. It's a great episode. There are a few like Wi-Fi issues, <laughs> um, but hey, we're gonna go with it. That's what you get for doing a podcast on Wi-Fi and not in person. So I hope you really, really enjoyed this episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to Turner Syndrome Talking Tea. This week we have Sarah with us. Hi Sarah. Hi, hi Emily. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, this is very nice. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. So I want to ask you a few things about Turner's, if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. What's your relationship with Turner's? Um, so I was diagnosed at the age of 13. Um, even even despite the fact that I was diagnosed at the age of 13, so relatively late, I suppose. Um, I did have characteristics growing up, um, but these were not really picked up on. So I had uh, what was called failure to thrive at the age of six months old. So by that, that means that um, an infant uh, or a baby isn't really reaching uh, sort of the, the right milestones uh, or the right goals at that age for their age so things such as I was I was just basically not I basically wasn't really developing um, I was underweight I was under height um, I was quite small really um, my speech and language issues um, uh, you know I, I had speech and language issues uh, and I had to uh, go and speak to a speech and language therapist. Um, I, I couldn't really speak properly. So, for example, I couldn't really pronounce certain words by uh, probably at the, at the right age. So things like couldn't say my brother's name. Um, so uh, or I couldn't say the word daddy properly. Okay. It took me quite a few years. So mm. probably till about the age of two. Um, was when I was getting a bit better but um, yeah I had to uh, go to a speech and language therapist to really help me um, develop my language and communication skills at that age. Um, I had blue ear um, so that can that's basically where there's a little bit um, it's basically like you get fluid within your, your ear like your inner ear mm-hmm. and um, as, as, as a result, uh, I ended up having hearing loss, which again, perhaps kind of developed as a result of uh, kind of contributed to the ability to not be able to speak properly because I couldn't, basically I couldn't hear. Um, and yeah, uh, and obviously these are key characteristics of Turner syndrome. Um, and I also had a quite a low hairline, which I obviously still have now, which I think is also a Turner syndrome characteristic from what I've been told. Um, but at the time, my uh, the parents were basically told that there was nothing wrong with me, uh, medically at least. You know, um, I went to a paediatrician at the age of two um, because my chest didn't really look right. Um, and 
uh, we actually found out that I had a different condition called Poland syndrome. Um, so I was born with a missing chest muscle on my right side. Um, and that actually isn't connected to Turner syndrome. Um, but really, you know, the, the Poland syndrome basically took the limelight. Um, but because Poland syndrome is quite a, a physical thing, uh, it's still sort of, my mum at the time was convinced there was something else different or, you know, uh, particularly because I was my mum's second child. Um, I have an old sibling. It just, I didn't seem to be matching up with somebody of my age. It was almost like I had a bit of, um, I don't know, I wasn't maturing at the right stages. Um, you know, I was, I was developing, but it was always slower. Than, than normal mm. um but that was kind of I suppose put to the back not because of my mum or my dad by any means but medical professionals just weren't picking up the right signs mm-hmm. um it was all, uh, and it all sort of became wrapped up in the fact that um uh so not only did I have Poland's but I was a Gulf War baby um so lots of children at the time, uh, you know, lots of children in the ni- early 90s um, who were uh, born to um, uh, parents who served in the Gulf War. So my, my dad was um, an RAF serviceman who served in the Gulf War. Um, lots of children at the time from these parents were born with various development issues. So um, men who went to the Gulf uh, had lots of untested medicine. So uh, my mum and my ex-REF dad sort of put two and two together and thought that, you know, at the time, really, that was the only explanation as to why I wasn't really developing properly. Um, so, um, yeah, there, there was kind of, there was no internet at the time either, so it wasn't even like my my mum could Google symptoms or go on you know go to the NHS website or or find any information as to what was actually going on Mm. Uh, you know there was no publicity about Turner syndrome you know we're talking about I mean I'm coming up to 30 now uh, next week in fact so you know it's talking about 30 years ago and things were quite different um so my parents were sort of left in the dark really um even though mum did you know, insist that there was something else. I think she was kind of left to feel like she was a bit of a neurotic mum, really. Um, which, you know, at the, at the time, she was only behaving like any any mum would, but had genuine concerns. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, you know, the Poland syndrome was a right diagnosis, but it wasn't just enough. There was more going on, and we wouldn't yeah. really discover that until I was 13. Um, so from age three onwards, um, yeah, my speech therapy started. Um, I had four sets of grommets, um, which are sort of, um, I believe that it's sort of the, it, it, it's sort of like a hole that's put into your ear um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to sort of, I think, help drain the fluid within your eardrum and then that's yeah. obviously to help the blue ear. And the idea is to also try and, I think, repair a little bit of damage if possible uh, to to urea and hopefully prevent any further issues. But I had about four sets growing up. Um, So surgery and hospitals were never a new thing for me, even before Turner syndrome diagnosis. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, the main things my mum sort of became aware of, particularly by the time I went to nursery and school and was growing up and becoming a, you know, not just an infant or a baby or a toddler, but a child, was that my, um, basically my socialising wasn't, wasn't really right. Um, and I didn't really pick up on the right social cues. Um, I was a bit awkward and a bit inappropriate at times. Mm. Um, and I seemed to be a bit behind my peers. But again, it seemed quite generalised, you know, a generalised thing. So, you know, some children without turners or, you know, ordinary children might have these difficulties. Mm. So again, it just kind of was not really picked up by any teacher or anything. It just seemed to be that, oh, you know, Sarah's just a bit slow and, you know, almost like she probably will be. You know, it wasn't even like I was just a late bloomer. It was, yeah, that's just who she is. That's always what she's going to be when she's older as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I didn't really pick up things uh, up as quickly. we, we sort of joke a bit that it took me years to let uh, to uh, understand what the colour of, of a banana was. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't really understand why at the time, but it was just, you know, it was a bit behind maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so um, my confidence gradually went as well, and I thought I wasn't as clever as everybody else. Um, and this wasn't helped by sort of school bullying. Um, I had kind of almost autistic traits um, so I was a bit obsessive uh, I had obsessive behaviour everything needed to be routined uh, needed to sort of plan everything and, and or know other people's plans in advance and it would stress me out if I wasn't um, if I was expected to be flexible so something as simple as you know I'm saying we're going out today to do x y and z and if I had another plan, it would distress me and mm. have like these kind of small meltdowns. And my mum wouldn't really understand why I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one incident where I think it was during winter and I, for some reason, really wanted to go outside. But it was absolutely freezing. And my mum was basically saying to me, no, you're not going to go outside, Sarah. I think the weather was really, really bad. And I got it into my head that I had to go outside for some reason. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, mum was like, no, you're not going outside. But I got so, sort of so distressed by it. Yeah. She was like, just, just let me go out. Yeah. But I was like crying. And, you know, I was only young. I, was, I can't remember my age. But, yeah. Um, I remember when I went on a holiday that um, it's not – exactly on the same level but I went on holiday with my parents and my brother and it was in Canada and you had to book quite far in advance all the restaurants so we had an itinerary for the restaurants we were going to every night and I was in heaven (laughs) knowing where we were going to and I'm I'm that person that looks at the menu before I go to a restaurant and decides Mm -hmm. what I have yeah, absolutely. I do the same. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. I feel almost quite exposed and vulnerable. I don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just something I have to do and it makes me feel better. Um, yeah. And 
even in, as an adult, I still do the same. Yeah, um, yeah. that's interesting that you, yeah, obviously got the same experiences. Yeah. Um, What's been the biggest challenge of tennis, would you say? Um, I would say for me, day to day issues might be uh, anxiety, um, sort of uh, low self esteem, body issues. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Well, not just a bit, I think I'm a major perfectionist. That's my um, Sorry. That's no bad thing, being a perfectionist. No, actually, in hindsight, it could be very good quality because it makes yeah. you think about things more. And yeah, um, I I do obviously have a need to control uh, and have routines. Um, I have sort of meltdowns, particularly in private, and I often catastrophize a bit. Um, I would say physically, um, I have a bit of bargy and tiredness, so I lack in quite a bit of energy. Um, you know, I have brain freeze as well, and um, a lack of concentration, um, and, and hearing loss as well, um, particularly on my left side. Um, so they're kind of sort of more day-to-day things, but I'd say long-term, um, I sort of have, con- you know, the constant hospital appointments can be quite draining. Mm. Um, so I see, obviously see an endocrinologist because uh, I have thyroid issues. Um, I see a gynecologist, um, my HRT, um, a heart specialist, um, and potential heart surgery as well. Um, because uh, I've also got the uh, bicuspic aortic valve, which is quite traditional. Uh, uh, yeah, what a lot of uh, yeah, what a lot of women with tennis might have. Snaps, and yeah, brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got um, so I've obviously potentially got the narrowing, uh, or, or I leave the risk of um, that it might sort of detach. I think is that it? And I've got to maybe have a, an operation to make sure that it. You know, that I don't have any complications when I'm older. Oh, okay. Um, so it sounds like you had the coartation, I think. Yes, that, that's right. At the moment, it's only very minor. Um, they've not really needed to intervene, but there is a potential that that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've obviously got to see uh, an EMT, uh, an, an audiologist about, you know, getting hearing aids, um, making sure my hearing's not going to get worse. Um, and I, I also do get psychological support because I do struggle at times. Um, um, and I would say as well, for me, long term, you know, struggles with friendships, miscommunications, misunderstandings. Um, and it is something that maybe not a lot of people, but a lot of my friends or a lot of people will get because, you know, on the surface, I just appear like an ordinary woman. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I do have these issues. Um, mm. Or when you say to somebody I've got Turner syndrome, I just get the blank look of no idea what that means. Yeah. And so sometimes I do say, you know, mm. I describe it as like being on the spectrum at times. You know, it is a bit like having autism. Um, I mean, I've even seen a, an autistic, uh, I tried to have a, a diagnosis of autism and I, it would have gone through. But the psycholo- uh, psychologist dealing with my autistic, uh, my diagnosis for autism actually said 
they didn't want to give me a double label. So they said, even though you've got characteristics of autism, we're not going to give you that. Uh, it, it wasn't even like it's it's a no, you don't have autism. It was more of a kind of, we'd rather not give you that label just because you've got Turner syndrome and we do think that that's the main reasons you're struggling in this way, which is kind of understandable. Oh, yeah. But it kind of helped me to understand that other people were going through the same thing, you know. Um, I don't know about you if you feel the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah What's the most positive it, really. experience of time has been for you? Um, I would say I have a tendency to actually, I mean, this has been quite a difficult question for me because in the past I've, I've kind of had a tendency to see uh, Turner syndrome in a negative light to me personally because it's always had these negative connotations such as, you know, emotional issues maybe growing up, bullying, um, some physical issues such as being quite tired. Um, and because of that, um, I would say it's been a bit of a challenging question. So I've actually sort of asked a few people for advice on this. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, actually the one thing, like, particularly my mum has said is, you know, actually she reckons it's it's made me much more understanding about people, which I kind of, under, I think I do agree maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of empathy with people. Um, and that's why I've sort of spent the past 10 to, you know, 15 years you know, working in customer services, um, it sort of changes you as a person to get some kind of diagnosis with any, you know, syndrome or medical condition. Mm. You know, you don't really take your health for granted. Um, it's given me a bit of an insight into other people's issues and into disability. Um, I think I've got a lot of patience with people. Um, I don't think I'm quick to judge. Uh, I try to embrace other people's differences as well. Um, I think because I never really felt like I fitted in with the mainstream, you know, going right back to childhood. Um, And I'm quite curious about other people and the world. I'm quite bookish and studious and I'm a bit, bit of an introvert. But like you were saying before, these, you know, these kind of traits aren't negative, you know, being a perfectionist and wanting to get things right, mm-hmm. it, it actually makes you, I think, think things in a bit of a deeper way and, yeah, definitely. you know, you're more thoughtful. Yeah. I think with the understanding, you're definitely right. And I think with a lot of us, I was so fortunate not to get bullied at school, really fortunate. And I think because a lot of people are bullied, with turners they know what it feels like so they would never dream of doing that to someone else mm. and then they wouldn't want to signpost obvious I don't know obvious like standouting traits that they might think oh that's the same as me or oh I do that yeah 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 I think when we see other people that are maybe a bit more vulnerable, we have a tendency to sort of want to help them because mm-hmm. we have, like you said, we've been through that. Um, and because of know, the isolation as well. I think, yeah, definitely. 
Um, and, you know, these these things that I, I mean, I've, I've always been in some ways more interested in people that are going right back to primary school, you know, and in adulthood. I've always been interested in people that are different, whether that's, you know, my work colleagues, you know, I like, to, like it when they are embracing their own individualities, whether it's the way you dress or whether, you know, your you sort of little quirks that people might have. I, I have a tendency to notice these things and but kind of see that quite positively. Um, uh, yeah, I've never really been the one to sort of go for mainstream stuff, you know. Um, I've always been like, even something as simple as being at the kind of music and stuff I'm interested in is usually a bit more alternative and different. Um, and I, I think that kind of might be linked to, to my worldview and, and because of Turner syndrome, I'm just, mm. yeah. yeah. How has society helped you? Um, I would say it's uh, helped me to to meet others um, because I went to a few conferences, um, particularly when I was first diagnosed at 13, because obviously we barely had a clue as to what Turner syndrome was. Um, and I obviously knew nobody with Turner syndrome. Um, and, it's, and it's been quite nice to sort of keep in touch with uh, uh, a couple of my friends as well from, from the conferences, um, thanks to social media, really. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the, the society's helped me to meet meet new people, meet make friends, gain information uh, and the latest guidance. Um, you know, particularly for my parents, that that was really key. Um, I sort of wish that we came with like a manual, you know, to sort of, so we, you know, a book that we can sort of read and go like, yeah, I get, you know, that's how you can look, at, uh, look after yourself. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it is different. It's harder, you know, uh, not as simple as that. Um, and society sort of, I suppose it, I hate this word, but it sort of made me feel more normal in a way, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so by that, I suppose, I feel more human and more connected this word so I'm not really a fan of this word but I suppose the society has helped me to feel a bit more normal so to speak so by that um I think feel a bit more human a bit more connected with others like myself um society up and everybody else who's you know supported it fundraised for it um you know Arlene in particular has been um you know a bit of a lifesaver for me. I think she's been on the opposite end of the phone quite a few times, uh, you know, whilst I've had a bit, been in tears or a mid meltdown, really, particularly when I was at university and trying to get used to being independent. This is, you know, what you could possibly do. And yeah, so she's been, she's been brilliant, really. We all love Arlene so much. What's your involvement in the society? Um, uh, so being a member um, is my main involvement. Um, this I started. Uh, I started out obviously going to the conferences and meeting others. Um, 
obviously, yeah, um, uh, when I first started as well, doing the drama group. So there was like a, a, I think there was like a teen section. So I met girls of my age. And um, I think, I think it was, was it Charlotte? Might have been a teen rep at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, uh, I think it was Charlotte and Kylie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, um, so we did quite a bit of that um, when I was at the conferences. Um, so yeah, so I'm a paid member, and and obviously doing this podcast as well, and mm-hmm. um, so that's been my main involvement. Uh, but in the future, if I get the chance, because I I do quite a bit of running, if I ever do run a charity, I'd love to maybe fundraise for Turner Syndrome. Oh. Um, so yeah, that that would be my my involvement really. Yeah. Oh, well done for running. <laughs> You're doing something I could never running. <laughs> It's either a level. It takes a, a lot. Yeah, it, it takes a bit of uh, skill sometimes. I suppose it's uh, you know it took me I suppose a couple of years to get to where I am now. But yeah, I do enjoy it. Oh, good, good. What's the most important message about Turners? Um, I think it's that we can lead ordinary lives. You know. You shouldn't let Turner syndrome define us. Um, uh, we can break the stereotypical barriers. Um, you know, so for me, growing up, I always felt like having Turner's meant that your emotional capacity was was like below average and um, sort of seen as low. Um, I remember a lot of my teachers telling me things like, you know, you, you won't, you'll never be independent and you'll never be able to you know, go to university and particularly weirdly, my 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 biology teacher at the time was quite negative about me and I had a future problem. Mm. Well, look at you but, now. So for me, things are very different. You know, for me it's I was, you know, yeah, like I was always gonna also be connected to my parents in some kind of way in a t- in the sense that I was not going to be dependent or be able to live my own life but yeah I broke that barrier um you know I other barriers I'd say I broke was you know my the GCS you know I did, did my did my GCSEs got you know relatively good grades did my A levels and again this was a you know, despite the fact teachers said you were never going to be able to do this, even in my eight levels, you know, I kind of always felt like I was never going to be able to achieve it uh, because I was a little bit slower than the rest of my peers. But, you know, I ended up going to university and uh, got a a first class honours degree as well uh, in York. I ended up living in halls of residence, uh, being away from my parents, lived in a separate city, in a separate county even, you know, um, and for me, that was quite important to me as a young adult because I always was told the opposite, like I said, and not not by my parents and under any circumstances. They were always encouraging to me, but by others, really, my, my you know, my teachers, even some medical professionals, I sort of felt a bit, you know, like I was just going to live at home for the rest of my life. And mm. But, you know, I actually, I've broken those barriers. Yeah. Other things as well. I'm currently learning to drive. Yeah, um, I'm doing pretty well. Hoping to, you know, pass the test soon. Um, I've had Christmas, so I've had a few weeks off. But uh, yeah, I'd like to get uh, into that soon again. 
It's amazing, um, isn't it? Because you don't realize how far you've come until you look back. Do you? Yeah. Really? No, it, it does take, I suppose, um, growth and age. And, you know, it takes you a couple of years sort of in hindsight, think about things and how far you have mm. gone. I love reflection. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm up to the big three over soon, so it's kind of like I need to, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time reflecting. Um, and I think the pandemic, you know, has changed my the worldview on things. You know, I don't take things for granted in the same way that I used to. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, is there anything else you'd like to add to this episode, Sarah? Um, I, I suppose to say that you know, I, I hope that this helps people in some kind of way. You know, um, I hope it helps somebody, someone out there, and to know that you're not alone. Um, Without a doubt, it will. Without a doubt, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still battling my demons, but you know, I, I know that I'll get through it, and that all of us will. You know, at the end of the day, you know, if we put things into perspective, we'll all be all right. Um, you mm. know. Uh, even though the pandemic is probably, particularly for someone with Turner syndrome, we might find it quite challenging because it disrupted our routines and day to day lives. You know, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll push through. We're, you know, we're. If you're anything like me, I'm quite stubborn. You know, and I, I'm like, I'm determined to get through this, and you know, and try and stay as you know, rational as possible and stay sane, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you to your dad for the work he's done and have a very happy birthday next week. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, Keep in touch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed that and I'll see you next week. thank you Sarah for that episode I really really enjoyed that I really enjoyed that so next week we have Moya talking to us about her experience which is a slightly different one slightly different perspective which I really really like so you may notice that the date next week is the week of the 13th of June which means the podcast is a year old next week. What? A year old? Seriously, that does not feel like a year since I've started this. Wow. So, fun story. Because <laughs> I was so excited um, to launch this podcast. I uploaded it on the 13th. My plan was to upload it and launch it on the 15th which I did (laughs) but I uploaded it on the 13th because I was just so excited so it is sat in Spotify for a few days without people knowing (laughs) but yeah wow thank you so so much to everyone that's listened seriously that's crazy how far this podcast has come in a year 60 episodes in next week 
we're less than 16 states away from being played in every state of America, which is phenomenal. We're 32 countries. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for your support. There might be a little bit of a different upload schedule next week. There might be a few bonuses. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give too much away, but just keep your eyes peeled on wherever you listen your pod, wherever you listen to this podcast and my socials. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Seriously. And have a really great week and I'll see you next week.